Hey everybody, this is Hunter Williams. Today's going to be episode 46 of the NeuroEdge podcast. So 46 episodes in, still going strong. So the name of today's episode is Five Ways to Incinerate Fat Rapidly. And I figured this would be appropriate given that we're coming up on the summer and a lot of people are going to be at the beach, a lot of people are going to be at the pool, you're going to want to take your shirt off, you're going to want to have that good beach body and everything. And this is something that is near and dear to my heart. I am very passionate about health and fitness. So I wanted to give a few tips that will help get you in shape fast and also not have to change too much of your habits. One of the hardest things when it comes to diet, exercise, fat loss, muscle building, anything like that is changing the habit of actually doing something that you're used to doing and then switching your whole routine and habit placement over into something that you're not used to and it's outside of your comfort zone. And what I wanted to do with these five ways is to really explain what are things that you can do that are just small minor tweaks that will really help melt fat off fast and also keep it off. So I'm going to jump into all of that. And again, it's going to be more, these are going to be little tips and hacks that you can do as opposed to whole lifestyle change. Now, obviously, if you're trying to be the healthiest version possible of yourself, you want to change your whole lifestyle to be oriented around living healthy, eating healthy, dieting healthy, training healthy. So these are gonna be things that are kind of a gateway into that, and as you start to see results, then you're gonna to want to see more results, and then that's where you can start to kind of have the tipping effect into having a better body and going from there. But these are things that I have a regular practice of doing. So I practice what I preach. I eat my own dog food. This is exactly what I work on and focus on day, day in, day out. And since I've kind of oriented all these together, the great thing is they have a synergistic effect and will really compound off each other as you start to do them. And even if you just start to do it for one week, two weeks, you'll notice huge differences. So Anyway, before I jump into everything, again, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe on the video. I know it's kind of a pain in the butt, but if you want to share the message with people that think that you think that they would benefit from something like this, and obviously obesity is a rampant problem in our society today, and whether you're trying to lose weight or just look good for the beach, these are going to be things that really help. So that helps get the word out. And then also, if you're listening on the podcast version of this, don't forget to review it on iTunes. And if you do one of those and are also a member of my Facebook group, I'm going to be giving away a lot of cool gear, a lot of biohacking stuff that's related to upping your health and fitness. Uh, I think I'm gonna, one of the first ones I'm going to do is a sauna blanket, which are around 500 bucks. So they're going to be really cool valuables. They're not going to be little trinkets or anything like that. They're going to be really cool things that you can use to help improve your health. And the goal of me doing that is not to necessarily just give stuff away and give, give money away, is to build a community of people that are like-minded and oriented around the same stuff. So if this resonates with you in any way, go to there, review it, help, them, help get the message out, help spread light and positivity in the world. All right, so before I jump into the five methods, I kind of wanted to walk through why it's important to lose fat anyway. So a lot of people are gonna come from different motivations as to why they are losing fat. Losing fat or keeping fat off or whatever it is for you, keeping a low body fat percentage, you could be motivated by a variety of different factors. You may want to have a body that you're proud of when you go to the beach or you go to the pool or something like that. I know that's a big priority for me. I wanna be able to take my shirt off and not feel insecure because there were points in my life that that was something that I experienced that I don't wanna ever go back to that. You may be approaching it from a health perspective. The number one thing that you can do in all of your health 
to make sure that you're not at risk for cardiovascular disease, to make sure that you're not at risk for cancer, to make sure you're not at risk for Alzheimer's as you get older, is to keep fat off of your body. There are obviously other things that are important in relation to health, but the number one thing that you can do to keep fat off of your body, or the number one thing that you can do to reduce your risk of any type of disease is keep fat off of your body. So if health is a priority for you, especially as you're going through your life, you wanna make sure you're there for your family, that you can provide for your family, that you can take care of your family, that you're around to experience time with your family, keeping fat off your body is gonna be one of the most important things. I do not say this from a place of judgment or anything like that. I struggle with overeating and having to deal with that as much as anybody else I know. I come from a family where food is very reward oriented, where we were given food as reward. So your brain, as you grow up, kind of goes into going into that place where you look at food as reward. So I did something hard, I should have earned this so I get to overeat or I get to eat sugary foods or something like that. However, if that's like the majority of the population, if that's something that you have kind of hardwired into your brain, you obviously know that's wrong. And you're listening to this podcast, hopefully to try to improve yourself and improve your health and lifestyle. If you want to have healthy relationships as you go throughout your life, nothing can be more important than keeping fat off of your body. And I think it's one thing that really pains me as you go out and you look around at people, it, the lack of productivity, the lack of enthusiasm, the lack of vitality and excitement for life that people have because of excess fat on their body. It's pretty, it's sad to some point, but I want to do something about it and give people a way that they can, that they can really get into doing something without having to change drastically. I think a lot of the problem people has is they try to do one thing or they try to completely cut out carbs or go on a really strict diet and then they can't do it because it's too restrictive and they get back into their old ways and it's, it's just too hard. And there's so much in our society now, especially with all the different foods and everything, that it's hard to get away from that because you're always around it. You're always at a party or something like that or at a restaurant where there's unhealthy food and it's really tough to say. And even I think of myself as pretty self-disciplined, even when I'm at a restaurant or something like that, it's really hard to turn away from that. So whether you're looking at it from the health perspective, whether you're looking at it from the relationship perspective where you wanna make sure that you're healthy for a long time, or whether it's just something you wanna do for overall self-improvement because you wanna have more focus, you wanna have more energy, and you know getting excess fat off your body is the key to that. That's kind of why I wanted to take some time and explain these. And obviously, before I jump into them, there's a lot out there in the world that you can do to lose weight. There's a lot of synthetic ways these are kind of just natural tips, and there's much, much more beyond the scope of this. But these are things I think if today is May 28th. So if you are looking at going somewhere for the summer, this is something that you can do for three or four weeks, and you're going to notice a difference. Most importantly, you're going to notice a difference, and it's going to have a domino effect into other areas where you're going to start to want to eat healthier, start to want to exercise more, you're going to have more energy, and it gets easier to eat healthier and exercise more when you have more energy to do so. So... Let's go ahead and jump on into it. I'm going to walk through all of these. So number one is intermittent fasting. And obviously, if you have looked into anything in the diet space now, intermittent fasting is huge. And there's a bunch of different methods that you can do with intermittent fasting. Primarily, the objective is to reduce the feeding window. So if you can take the amount of hours during the day that you are actually eating and reduce that to around eight hours or so, 
you're going to be so much better off. And you think about it from an ancestral perspective. We are not used to cramming our food every hour on the hour with food. That's not how humans evolved or for thousands of years. We were used to having times where we didn't have food and we had to go out and hunt food, gather food or whatever it was. And then we had a lot of food. So if we killed an animal, if we did something and found a bush with berries in it or whatever, then we had a bunch and we could eat a lot of it. And then we went an extended period of time without eating. Now, this isn't to say that you have to go three, four days without eating all the time, although there's some health benefits to that. But if you can compress the amount of hours that you're eating during the day down to around six or eight hours, you're going to be so much better off because what happens is it's easier for your body to get into ketosis where it's actually burning fat for fuel instead of carbohydrates. You're not supplementing your body with carbohydrates around the clock. You're not spiking your insulin as much, which is going to cause more fat to build up in your body. So what I would recommend for someone, if you are not familiar with intermittent fasting whatsoever, if you have never heard of it, I'd be surprised if you've never heard of it. But anyway, if you could stop eating at six or seven o'clock at night and just don't eat anything else after that, and then not eat until at least 10 o'clock the next morning. And for some people that may, may be tough. And if you can get to 10 o'clock, then maybe you can move to 11 o'clock and then 12 o'clock and you slowly start to increase that window. And this is just my personal opinion. A lot of food companies that profit off making synthetic foods, breakfast foods, everything like that, have brainwashed the population into thinking that you need a big, huge breakfast. And I am not opposed to breakfast. However, if you are eating immediately from the time you get up, you're not giving your digestive system enough time to clear out all the food. You're not letting your cells recover. There's so many benefits to fasting. And I've done an episode on fasting. I'll probably do another one in the future just about different physical benefits, mental benefits, emotional benefits, spiritual benefits, physiological benefits, you name it. Fasting, there's a reason it was a huge component of every ancient civilization and kind of part of their religious slash structural tradition to have some sort of fasting. So if you could just stop eating at six or seven or whenever you're eating and then not eat till 10 the next day, you're going to notice a huge difference. And what I would consider fasting is no food, no nothing with calories in between that time except for black coffee, which obviously has no calories, but nothing else that would have any calories in between. it. And then what I would do is slowly start to increase that. So you do a week at 10 o'clock, you get a little bit more used to it, then you move it to 11 o'clock, and then you move it to 12 o'clock, where maybe eventually you're just eating a meal there at 12 o'clock and then another one at 6 o'clock. So again, once you get into it, I have been a regular faster for probably three to four years now where I've incorporated that. It gets much, much easier, believe me. I still remember struggling at the first part of when I read about this and read about the benefits. And what I would try to do, especially on non-training days, is wait until 12 o'clock to eat. And that was one of the hardest things to do because as a former athlete, I was used to eating a huge breakfast, a huge lunch, huge dinner, just calories around the clock. And you have to kind of break that pattern in your brain where you're always eating something around the clock. And for me, that was really tough. And I, I would kind of push it. I would get to 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock. And then eventually, I'm at a point now where I do what's called alternate day fasting, where one day I will fast until dinner time. So I'll do a 24-hour fast till dinner time. That is on my non-training days where I'm doing heavy exertion, heavy weightlifting. And then on training days, which is usually about four, three or four times a week, I will eat regular. So I'll eat kind of in a 12-hour window where I'll eat breakfast after I train in the morning around 8 o'clock 
and then stop eating at six o'clock and then the next day I'll fast. And what you'll notice is as you start to fast and get really, really good at it, you actually, your metabolism will slow down a little bit. And that's why I do this alternate day fasting because it has a period of long fasting and then you have a period of what I would call feasting, not necessarily feasting to where you're gorging yourself, but you have a denser window of more caloric intake and then you have a wider window of zero caloric intake. So that's something that I've noticed that helps keep your metabolism higher is when you're going back and forth between fasting and non-fasting. But just to start, keep it simple, just go a longer period of time without eating. And I always try to make sure I'm at least fasting for 12 hours every single day. So I think your body needs that every single day. Obviously, if you can get to 16 every single day, that would be great. And it's going to be so much more efficient at keeping fat off of your body. So number one, huge thing. And not that, not that difficult to do, especially if you use black coffee to kind of adjust to it. At first, it really helps. So next thing is going to be aerobic exercise first thing in the morning. And when I say aerobic exercise, I'm not talking about doing a lot of sprinting. I'm not talking about running five miles, running 10 miles. I'm talking about a gentle, nice walk, a nice gentle yoga session or something in the morning. I've noticed a huge difference in this when I get up on the morning, especially on days that I'm not really lifting heavy weights, is doing some sort of just gentle walk in the sun. To do that, you knock out two birds with one stone because you're also regulating your circadian rhythm by being in the sun. Uh, but doing some yoga outside, preferably if you can, if the weather permits, if it's not too cold and not too rainy outside, and getting moving in the morning. And it doesn't have to be super, super aggressive. It's just something where you're engaged in 20 to 30 minutes of moving your body around, getting the lymph fluid through your body, waking up your body and waking up your circadian rhythm. What that also does is when you do that and then fast for a period after that, you're stimulating your body and burning more calories and you're kind of upregulating your metabolism to burn more fat. So when you do that, not only do you get all the benefits from a little gentle exercise, but you're also burning more fat because you're in a fasted state and you're doing that aerobic. You don't want to do something too stressful where you're fasted and you're doing something really, really heavy or something that's kind of a crazy workout. However, it's really good to get your get up, get your body moving, get out into the sunshine if possible, and that's going to help upregulate your metabolism and go there. I've noticed a huge difference. I've probably been doing this for closer to a year and a half, two years now, where uh, even on training days, but particularly on non-training days, I'll try to be outside, do some yoga in the morning and walk around a little bit. And then I notice a huge boost in the amount of fat I burn and really for me, just the ability to keep fat off. But you will notice that. And again, this is not something that's too tough. No matter where you are on the stage of your health and fitness journey, you can always if not do some gentle yoga, at least walk around, walk around your house, walk around your neighborhood, wherever you live. So that's going to be huge. And going into number three, this is kind of go, going to go hand in hand with the first two, is after that aerobic exercise, doing some form of cold. And whether that's cold air, so getting out in the outside where it's really cold, or preferably cold water, so some, doing some sort of cold water immersion, whether it's a cold bath or a cold shower. And what I have noticed and I have read about in just my research is that when you do cold shower, particularly in the morning after you've done this aerobic exercise session, just a gentle walk or yoga, when you do cold, your body is stabilizing your glucose levels. So if you do that cold, what happens is you're actually reducing the amount of insulin spike that you're having throughout the day. And that is huge because what the insulin spike does is it's going to determine how much fat we keep on our body. So if you want to reduce fat, you reduce the amount of times you spike your insulin throughout the day, 
One of the easiest ways, get that aerobic exercise in the morning and then do some sort of cold shower. I've done an episode about cold shower in the past. Obviously, that has huge, numerous health benefits to you. And again, it's going to be everything from physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, physiological benefits that you get from that. But one of the biggest things is the ability to burn fat. And I know, for me, it's just a habit now. I don't even think about it. I just get in the cold and you actually feel really good after it. It's almost like drinking coffee. That's the kind of boost you get from being in cold water and even a little bit more because there's more of like a neurostimulative effect. But what I've noticed is that my body's so much able better to regulate keeping fat off and keeping trim when I do that cold shower in the morning. And again, for me, it's not a habit. If you can, I would start with maybe doing a contrast. So you do 20 seconds cold, 10 seconds hot, 20 seconds cold, 10 seconds hot. And if you've never done cold showers, that's a really easy way to break into getting used to it. And then from there, once you get more comfortable with it, then you can just do a cold shower period. And there's also a lot of health benefits too to doing the contrast, cold, hot, cold, hot. But again, just if you can get used to doing cold shower, and it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be 20 minutes. You can be as quick as two to three minutes, ideally somewhere in like that two to five minute range. But that's going to really help keep fat off and keep you down, keep those insulin levels regulated. So that was number three. Number four is going to be sauna. And unfortunately, this is tough for a lot of people right now because I know for me, my gym is closed down and I can't go to the sauna that I would normally go to, to the gym. But if you can, sauna slash sweat as much as possible. And I'm a person, I'm a pretty profuse sweater. I sweat a lot. However, I notice that I feel so much better when I sweat, especially when I get, the way that I'd like to measure sweat is if my whole entire shirt is drenched. So if you know, you get like the little sweat marks right here. I like to, the, the marker for me is like, okay, did I sweat enough today? Is I got my whole shirt wet. And it doesn't have to be some super hard workout that does that. It can be as easy as going to the sauna. Like I talked about the sauna earlier in the episode, the sauna blanket, something like that where you are sweating. And what this does, one, it, it, sweating is one of the healthiest things you can do. But one, it's going to help eliminate toxins. So a lot of the, if you have fat built up in your body, there's a lot of toxins stored in that fat. And when you sweat, you're removing those toxins from your body. Now, when you pair the sauna with cold, it's kind of that contrast effect. You're going to notice a massive, massive benefit. So if you can right now get to the sauna, I know a lot of them are closed if they're at your gym or wherever they are, depending on where you live. But if you can do what you can to get sweat, and ideally that would be every day, if not every day, every other day. And I think those first three things that we talked about, at least try to definitely try to get those right now because that's not anything that requires a gym or anything like that. But if you can get to the sauna, man, the amount of success you have from sweating like that is going to be unprecedented. And again, you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is go. You can put some headphones in. You can listen to music. You can listen to a podcast. You can listen to an audiobook. That's what I like to do. And just go in the sauna and relax. Have a nice 20 minute, 20 to 30 minutes in there. And you're going to burn up. Your body's going to burn heat. And then you can jump into a cold shower. And man, the effect of doing that, going back and forth between the cold shower and the sauna... Uh, or if you were just to, to do one, they're both good on their own. But the effect from that is going to be huge. And I've noticed having not been able to go to the sauna, I have been much more focused on trying to make my swell, myself sweat through my workouts to make sure I get it that way because I know how important that is for my health. But hopefully here gyms open up pretty soon. And if your gym offers a sauna, I would say definitely go as much as you can at least once a day where you're going to get those toxins out. But then also it's going to go back a lot to the blood sugar regulation and uh, keep your insulin spiking. So that was number four. And 
Number five is going to be apple cider vinegar. And I'm going to do a, probably another episode in the future just about different supplements that you can take, the natural supplements that are going to help reduce fat. But one thing that I have noticed when I don't do this, versus, it's a huge difference when I don't do this versus when I do, is to drink a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar before every meal. And what I do is just put in this organic apple cider vinegar with the mother. So you want to make sure it's that one. You can get it at any grocery store. There's a bunch of different brands out there. I like the Bragg brand, but you can get any. And if you just put that in 12 ounces of water or so, I like to do it because it kind of dilutes it where you're not getting the, if you do a shot of it, sometimes it burns your esophagus. But I put it in 12 ounces of water, drink it right before my meal. And that is really, really going to help. I mean, you get a bunch of different benefits with your digestive tract and everything from apple cider vinegar, but it goes back to insulin sensitivity, insulin management. And that apple cider vinegar is going to be a huge helper in regards to managing your insulin, especially if it's a carbohydrate-rich meal, especially if it's something that you're eating carbs. And I am by no means against carbs. I think you have to use them wisely in a diet that you're doing. But if you can take one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar before a meal, it's going to be a massive boost to reducing the insulin spike that you have. And when you do that, you're not going to metabolize as much of that meal into fat. Now, obviously, you don't want to be eating a huge birthday cake for every single meal. Apple cider vinegar is not going to negate the effects of that. However, if you are eating pretty healthy carbs, it's going to help offset some of the insulinogenic effect that you would get from eating those carbs, thereby helping you reduce fat. So even if you just did that, take one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar before every meal. Don't even change anything and just see if you get the results. And what I really tried to do with all of these, these five different ways is to have something that was really easy to implement that you don't have to change. You don't have to work out harder. You don't have to get up earlier. You don't have to focus on what you eat better. These are things that you can just, small little tweaks that you can do and you're going to notice a huge difference, probably lose weight right off the bat. And then what you're going to see is, man, if I lose weight, I feel better and I have more energy and then I'm going to want to lose more because you get in a positive feedback loop. And you start thinking about, okay, if I'm do this, I can make more progress in this light, and then I can make more progress. And then all of a sudden, you are 100% confident when you go to the beach or when you go to a pool or something, you take your shirt off, you're proud of how you look. And at the end of the day, I think that's one of the most important things that we can do is have love for ourselves. And I'm not trying to get woo-woo or fluffy or anything like that. But if you have love for yourself, you're going to love other people better and you're going to make the world a better place. And that starts with being able to have the confidence in yourself and your body and who you are and the biological vehicle and vessel that you have been given on this planet. And you want to take care of that and treat it like a temple. So at the end of the day, that's what this is all about is treating your body like a temple. And when you do so, you're going to be proud of it. You're going to treat it with respect and you're going to treat others with respect because you realize the blessing you've been given of health that you have with your own body. So at the end of the day, that's all this is about is helping people see that because I have been so grateful for all the mentors and everything I've had in my life and all the different books I've read and everything that helped transform my mindset that way. And again, if you can just start with these few key things that you don't even really have to change that much, believe me, it's going to have such a profound impact and you're going to want to get better and you're going to start feeling a lot better, have more energy and be ready to go attack the day with ferocity and energy that you know you should and probably had at one point in your life and maybe not 
don't have as much energy now. So again, if you stay tuned for this whole episode, thank you so much for listening and tuning in. I want to send you my sincerest gratitude. Again, leave feedback. Let me know if you try any of these, what your results are, how you like it, what worked, what didn't work. And again, if, you, if there's ever anything I can do, feel free to reach out. Let me know how I can help. Uh, if you ever need help with accountability, guidance, anything like that, I've got my program. So you can check that out on my website. And if there's, again, anything else I can do to help, let me know. And I'll talk to you soon. Peace.